0: I'll
1: tell you one thing, Doc. He weren't no rabbit.
0: Or a duck.
1: Or a dog. Or a little boy. <laughs> or a Or little... a Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Disney Rewind, the show where we look at the history of the most magical film company on earth. I'm still shopping for titles. Um, maybe this one will stick? Eh, who knows? Anyway, today we will be reviewing and discussing the 1988 film, Who Framed roger rabbit so the film is kind of associated with disney but isn't technically a disney film which makes it our first official bonus episode each cycle or season if you will will have a bonus episode each season being made up of five episodes so you can expect a bonus episode once every five or so maybe it'll go wonky with order Regardless, I am super excited to review this movie. I watched it for the first time in preparation for this, and I loved it. Um, So I guess a little bit of spoilers for later on. So let's dive into the history. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was released on June 22, 1988 to rave reviews. We are back to films with source material. Sorry, up. So we have a book to discuss, that book being Who Censored Roger Rabbit?, Right after this, we're going to run down the film's plot in comparison, so big old spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the movie or read the book and wanted to do both, maybe now's a good time. I will be spoiling both. Who Censored Roger Rabbit is a mystery novel written by Gary K. Wolf. Uh, unlike the film, this was not targeted towards children and is quite serious. Uh, the book came out on June 6, 1981 and was successful enough to obviously warrant a film or else we wouldn't be discussing it. So let's talk about the plot. The first big difference is that this movie takes place in the 80s rather than the film, which takes place in the 40s. The novel opens with Eddie Valiant, a private investigator, and Roger Rabbit, a comedian cartoon character. This world is populated by humans and cartoon characters. In the film, cartoon characters are there for... Uh, tv shows or movie serials but in the book that they just do comic strips roger is concerned why his bosses went back on a promise to give him his own comic strip and is also especially concerned with the rumor he's heard that they're planning to sell off his contract he hires eddie valiant who unfortunately tells him the truth eddie through his investigations found that the reason that roger didn't get his own strip was because he had no talent Uh, In Eddie's investigation, he also does not find a mystery buyer. Later, Roger's found murdered in his home. His speech bubble, or last words, are found saying that he was murdered so that someone could censor him. Valiant jumps on the scene and begins to search for the killer, looking at Jessica Rabbit, Roger's now widow, Baby Herman, Roger's co-star, and Carol Masters, Roger's personal photographer. Valiant eventually runs into a doppelganger of Roger, Okay, so this sounds a little weird, but in this universe, and it's been cut out entirely from the film, uh, cartoon characters can create doppelgangers, so the doppelgangers can do the dangerous stunts, so the, the actor or the cartoon doesn't get hurt. These typically live for a few hours, but it can extend anywhere to up to a few days. At the same time, Roger's bosses are found murdered, the ones trying to sell off his contract, and circumstantial evidence points the blame at Roger. Um, Of course, Roger's doppelganger kind of wants him to clear his name, so Valiant's kind of stumbled into this big mystery. While investigating, Valiant's been told about uh, a special lamp he should look for, as he was promised a nice reward for its return. Once he returns the lamp, a mystical genie comes out and kills the owner. The genie admits to having gotten bitter over the years, kind of being stuck in there, in in the lamp, and is responsible for Roger's death. He reveals how it happened. Roger frequently sang a children's song. Well, conveniently, the genie's wake-up chant is the same song. Without even knowing the genie was there, Roger wished for his success, which he got, and to have a wife like Jessica Rabbit, which he also got. The third time Roger accidentally wished, the genie had had enough and killed him. Valiant, disgusted with the story, forced the genie to give him something to prove Roger's innocence. The genie promises, but Valiant doesn't really trust him, so he just kills him instead. With the genie gone, Valiant is finally ready to come forth with the truth. He announces that Roger actually did kill his bosses. He also reveals that Roger had planned to blame Valiant for the murder. The doppelganger confirms this and calls Valiant a stand-up guy. We finished the book no different than we started. All that has changed was another vicious crime in Toontown. Okay, that was a bit dramatic. That was a bit dramatic. Um, I like the book I like elements of the book I don't like that Roger's kind of a bumbling idiot Who really doesn't deserve any of it It was all through magic I, Part of the charm in the film I think Is that he, you know, he's very eccentric He's kind of a dork But the people surrounding him really do love him And really do care about him But let's move to the movie A much lighter experience um, One that definitely is more for families Than the book in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, we open up in 1947 L.A. Toons and humans coexist with Toons working on many film lots with humans. Uh, Private Eye, Eddie Valiant, used to love working with Toons until one, one investigation his brother was killed in a bank robbery by a Toon. Uh, since then, he drinks all the time and kind of has grown this hatred and prejudice against them. After some poor performances, Roger Rabbit's uh, bosses... Approach Eddie Valiant and ask him to tail Roger and see if there's some sort, of, some sort of reason why he's not doing so well. Valiant decides to follow Roger's wife, Jessica Rabbit, to see if she's the reason that the star is distracted. Valiant follows her to an underground nightclub and then to her private room. There he catches her playing patty cake with the owner of Acme and the owner of Tomb Town, Marvin Acme. When Roger is shown these pictures, he storms off in a rage, claiming that he and Jessica will be happy. The next morning, Marvin is found dead, and Roger is immediately the top suspect. Valiant begins his personal investigation, but has to deal with a new character, Judge Doom, who also wants to find Roger, albeit for more sinister reasons. Doom has created a solution that can kill toons. Uh, This solution is a mix of turpentine acetone and benzene valiant runs into roger's co-star who suggests that roger is most likely innocent and a deeper conspiracy is brewing eventually roger actually approaches valiant begging him for help valiant soon becomes the center of Doom's suspicion as his office and his girlfriend's bar are searched jessica then approaches valiant and tells him that she was blackmailed into taking those photos playing patty cake Eventually, Doom catches up and finds Roger Rabbit, but is unable to capture him. Valiant turns his sights on Roger's boss, and the two together go to interrogate him. While there, Roger is kidnapped by Jessica Rabbit, and Roger's boss reveals he was also blackmailed into selling the company. His boss then mentions a missing will from Marvin Acme that may solve the case. Before he could figure out more, Roger's boss is killed in front of Valiant. Valiant then chases his next lead, Jessica Rabbit, who reveals that Doom is behind all of these murders, and she has found the missing will, but it's blank. After this, Doom and his men storm the building and capture all three, that being Jessica, Roger, and Valiant. When they wake up, they find themselves at the Acme Factory. Doom reveals that he has learned of the construction of a freeway and that he intends to profit off of it. He plans to perform a mass genocide of Toontown, then purchase it for real estate, then sell it to the government. He prepares to kill Roger and Jessica, when Roger has the great idea, or group idea maybe, to make uh, Doom's Toon gang laugh so hard they die. Valiant then battles Doom and runs him over with a steamroller. Doom survives, revealing that he was a Toon all along. Valiant and Doom battle once again, but Doom is killed via his own concoction, the dip. Roger's name is then cleared, and on the hidden will, it's revealed that Roger had written a love poem for Jessica on it. We kind of finish the movie with everyone being happy, and valiant, once again, loving tunes. The rights to Who Censored Roger Rabbit were snapped up almost immediately after the book came out by Disney. Uh, This is likely because the then president of Disney saw it as an easy blockbuster, and in the early 80s, Disney was starting to hurt for money. Eventually they would release The Black Cauldron, which actually almost shuts down the studio. Soon after, Robert Zemeckis requested to join on as the director, but Disney told him no. Uh, after his last two films, I Want to Hold Your Hand and Use Car Both had been huge box office bombs Of course, Robert Zemeckis goes on to become the man who directs Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3 As well as Forrest Gump, Contact, and Castaway uh, He's kind of slowed down in the in the recent years But his early his late 90s, early 2000s uh, lineup is amazing Ironically, he also goes on to direct this film But more on that later Disney began to work on the film's test footage in the meantime, notably using Pee-wee Herman as the voice of Roger Rabbit. Um, After Michael Eisner took over with the mission to make Disney as much money as possible, the whole project was revamped. The next step in this film is a weird kind of team-up, the team-up of Disney and Steven Spielberg's production company, Amblin. The film finally almost got greenlit in 1985, but the budget was too big, $50 far too high for Disney at this time. Finally, the film was greenlit after the proposed budget was lowered to $30 million. However, it was still the most expensive animated film to ever be made at that time. Obviously now, uh, that is not true. When it came to the rights, the deal was as followed. Spielberg got the majority of creative control and a large sum of the box office profits, while Disney got merchandising rights and the remaining box office profits. It seems fair, and the film did good for both parties. Spielberg also headed the push to get permission for characters to appear in the film. These characters include Bugs Bunny, Betty Boop, and Mickey Mouse, among many, many others. Terry Gillum was offered the directing role, but he declined. Instead, our old friend Robert Zemeckis was chosen to head the film, probably throwing shade at the studio who originally told him to get lost. Richard Williams served as the head animator and was kind of a point of contention. It was Spielberg's decision, not Disney, and kind of creates issues later on. Originally, Harrison Ford was supposed to play the part of Eddie Valiant, but his going price did not fit the budget of the film. Others who were offered the role were Bill Murray, who simply did not get the news in time and regretted it later, and Eddie Murphy, who misread the plot and later regretted turning the project down. You should check out the list of other actors considered. The list is numerous, but I don't think any serious offers were made to any of them, so it's more of just like, oh, that's cool, rather than actual information. Eventually, Bob Hoskins was cast and really fit the part. Uh, More on him later. To assist with acting, Charles Fleischner, a comedian who played uh, Roger Rabbit, dressed in the rabbit suit to help as- Hoskins act more naturally. Roger Rabbit's character design was created with the purpose of being an amalgam of famous uh, Golden Age Disney characters. Christopher Lloyd played Judge Doom, something that he enjoyed very much from interview. Uh, from what I gather from interviews, Tim Curry auditioned for Judge Doom as well, but was found to be far too scary. Uh, See you in a few years, Tim, with IT. Christopher Lee also auditioned but was turned down. In writing the film, old Golden Age Disney films were watched, as well as old gangster movies like Chinatown. Interestingly enough, the freeway plot sort of did happen. Not with tunes, obviously, but with government corruption. With the freeway, car companies ganged together to buy out old train companies, and then the freeway was built on all those tracks, kind of putting them out of business originally doom was supposed to have a vulture that sat on his shoulder as well as a kangaroo court that was located in his briefcase both were cut from the script and instead he has his five weasels Uh, on those weasels there was originally supposed to be seven but two got cut out at seven they were supposed to be a parody of the seven dwarves at five they're just average lackeys Originally, the dip was supposed to be called the Final Solution, modeled after the plan Hitler put in to complete an ethnic cleansing of his territories. Uh, This was changed for obvious reasons. I don't even know how it could have gotten pushed that far with Spielberg um, heading the production. A little bit of a fun lore fact, uh, Judge Doom is canonically supposed to be the character that kills Bambi's mom. Super weird. The film had a ton of working titles, I'm just going to run down a few of my favorite, Who Shot Roger Rabbit, Dead Toons Don't Pay Bills, and the best, Eddie Goes to Toontown. Some internal conflicts arose, as I previously mentioned, as the head of animation was openly bitter about how Disney structured their employees um, and how seniority affected everything. It is actually because of this that Walt Disney Studios UK was created so he could work without having to deal with the California branch. The budget became a serious issue as it quickly went from $30 million to over $50 million. Michael Eisner almost completely shut down the project but was talked out of it. Vista vision cams were used for all the live action scenes and puppets would be used amongst other techniques to help actors visualize where the tunes would be. Largely, the effects done were pretty standard, except for one thing. Jessica Rabbit's dress. The dress was made shinier than other Toon's clothing, using a plastic bag scratched with steel wool. So That's pretty interesting. I wish I could say the release of the film was smooth, but it was not. Michael Eisner and Disney felt that the film was far too sexual. Since Spielberg's people had creative control, it was not edited further and basically was just left alone for release. Once it was released, good lord was it successful, but before we get all into that, what was America like at the time? Well, at the time, it was gearing up to be election season. Bush Sr. was looking to battle head-to-head with Michael Dukakis. Uh, Which one do you remember more? That's the one who wins. In June, wildfires began in Yellowstone and will continue until November. Washington wins the Super Bowl early in the year in a very one-sided game, and the Lakers and the Pistons just recently had a great NBA Finals. uh, Took it to seven games. What's hot in music? Please Don't Go Girl by New Kids on the Block. Overall, it seemed like a decent year. I get very nostalgic talking about the end of decades. The 80s were definitely a weird time in America, just going from late 70s to 90s. It's just very, very strange shift in culture. Um, so definitely a very important decade. Anyway, enough of me being dumb. Back to the show. Roger Rabbit did well at the box office. It actually finished second in terms of highest grossing film of the year, only falling behind Rain Man. The film won three Academy Awards, as well as a slew of others. Uh, The Academy Awards were for Sound Editing, Visual Effect, and Best Film Editing. It also won Best Picture at the Kids' Choice Awards, the dream of any filmmaker. This film has quite the legacy, um, not only being kind of a fan favorite still, but also probably causing the Disney renaissance due to how much money it made and the reintroduction in kind of golden uh, Golden Age animation. This film also produced the idea of a Toontown, which would be a staple in the Mickey Mouse series and in a special Disney Online game of the same name that I definitely played when I was a kid. Roger even got shown some love, getting three additional shorts before big movies in the coming years. They were called Tummy Trouble, which appeared before Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Roller Coaster Rabbit before Dick Tracy, and Trail Mix Up before A Far Place Off or a far-off place. This film also inspired the absolutely horrible game Bugs Bunny's Castle for the Game Boy. Um, On a lighter note, it's also been selected by the National Film Registry for Preservation, which is super dope. One of the biggest reasons this film is still talked about is the controversy and Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit is a sex symbol. Um, I don't have sources for this, but I see a lot of people talking online and a lot of friends who mentioned that, yes, she is very, very good looking, and was we were all definitely too young for her. Um, apparently, there's a scene where she's nude. I've seen the frames in question, but it looks more like they forgot to animate um, than a woman's body part. Regardless, I've linked the Snopes article in the description. This is obviously a not-suitable-for-work post, but other than the title, there's really nothing pornographic about it. Let's finish... Our discussion with the talent. Bob Hoskins played Eddie Valiant. Uh, sadly, he passed away in 2014, but not before starring in the incredible Super Mario's Bros. movie. Christopher Lloyd played Judge Doom. You might know him from a pretty insignificant movie franchise called Back to the Future. Charles Flesher played Roger, as well as a few of the other animated characters. He has a really strange career. He's like ranged from serious movies and horror movies to comedy specials. But he's still successful and still works in the business, although on, as more of a refractory role, kind of maybe not refractory, more as an outsider role. So, what did we all think of Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Welcome back after the short break You just finished listening to me drone on about the history ben. Now you can listen to us drone on about the semantics Woo-hoo. Uh, As always, I'm Ben, joined by my co-hosts Steve
0: Rebecca Ashley Maxwell
1: Good news is we've been renewed The bad news is it's because of COVID So <laughs> we're, g- we're going to be here for a little while longer <laughs> We've been
2: renewed Yeah, <laughs> second <laughs> right. season
1: Um, But today we're talking about Viral marketing the 80s hit movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Okay, so we're talking about Roger Rabbit today. Um, really great movie. I think we all enjoyed it. No. Never mind. But we'll find out why later. But first, I have some questions for you guys, some themes, some discussion points. I read an interview where Roger Ebert described Who Framed Roger Rabbit to be akin to 2001 A Space Odyssey for its advancement in the genre of film. Do you agree... Yes or no? Why or why not? In visual effects, definitely. yeah, a- akin to two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Okay.
3: Somebody also said it was best comedy movie of all time.
1: Online or someone it's we know? Business
3: Insider's, it made the list.
1: I think it's a great movie.
3: Oh, I think it's it's got great ninety-seven movie on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: It's a very important film. I mean, I think so. Two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. I guess pushed the limit for what a movie could look like in what late sixties. Right, mm-hmm. late sixties. Yeah, he
4: introduced a whole bunch of different yeah. video special effect techniques.
1: I think Roger Rabbit just pushed the bar of like how imaginative you can get with your story. You know, like having half your movie be animated and half not was pretty something Disney's been doing since the thirties, but like never to this level or plot or length for a movie.
0: Right. right. Yeah, I actually acknowledge it. Like,
4: that there's cartoons, and it's not just pretending they're real animals. Yeah, and it's also a f- a world that's alien to us now. Los Angeles in the 20s <laughs> and 30s, with a public transit system. So the tunes are alien to us, and also that whole world yeah. is alien at the same time.
1: Now, you guys were alive when this came out. Did you think that it progressed... <laughs>
3: What
1: year was it? 88? 80. Yes, that was. Oh Those my god, yeah. yeah. And you
3: were not alive. No. no, so
1: did you, I mean, did you guys see this when it came out? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you think it was like, did you come out of that thinking, oh, like, okay. this is going to raise the bar for what movies can be? Yeah, I just came out thinking, Boy, this is a great movie. <laughs> 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 but, yeah,
3: I mean, I had. It, the visual effects were like amazing for the time because it was like, oh, nobody, you'd never seen anything like that. Yeah. That wasn't the movie that I was like, holy mackerel about visual effects.
1: Quick side table discussion. What movies really made us impressed visually? This has nothing to do with animated movies. This is just in general side conversation. I would have to say Jurassic Park in 2008's Avatar for me. Avatar was good.
4: Sadly, I would have to go back with Tron as a groundbreaker.
1: Mom. Not, not as a story. <laughs> oh,
3: Probably, no. I think I think Jurassic Park.
1: Why? Just the dinosaurs.
3: I, I the just tech. Yeah, I guess it was the technology. Um, I can only think of like Inception. I remember seeing that; I
2: oh, that no, was really cool.
0: You remember when we went to the zoo and they had that 4D movie right, that we always go to? Never mind. I can't, I actually can't think of anything. Well,
4: Woody Allen Selleck also, because just for visual effects, the way it popped Woody Allen in the middle of all these old newsreel footage of famous people. Forrest Gump! That was well, the well, other forest one Kong Kong too. Forrest like Gump.
3: And still, to oh. this day it holds true. Wait, I actually have Clue. Mm.
4: Clue? Clue
0: with the three endings and the rewinding bit. That was it for me. Point
1: number two. What was left unsaid Is Toontown segregated classism In a family movie Interesting So I got the sense that it was Kind of segregated
0: It was definitely segregated We don't really
1: see many tunes in the real world Outside of doing business Right
4: Yeah definitely from a service standpoint yeah,
1: And we don't see any humans Except for um, the detective Valiant at the end in Toontown
4: Right right Cause he worked in Toontown. We had the whole thing with that, that uh, club where people would go to see the tunes perform, kind of like uh, the same way that white people used to go to the Cotton Club back in the 20s and 30s. Oh, Just wow. a whole different, yeah, you know, a little exper- different experience, and then they'd walk out again. And, and then
1: go back to, go back to yeah. their regular uh, <clears throat> <clears <clears throat> throat> privileged lives, lives. yeah. That's yes, exactly
4: what but, I was no, yeah, definitely, definitely. The way they treated the tunes, too.
1: Right, Very, yeah, it was weird. I, why don't you think the film addressed that? It was it was starting to, and then it kind of. Well, held like off.
2: it does address it though in the plot, because like the whole idea of killing them for or killing Roger Rabbit once catching him—that's he's not he doesn't have the same rights as like normal Americans do. Like he doesn't have the right to a fair trial. Like they're just again you killing kill
3: them. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah,
2: like, none of the
4: tunes did that uh, little foot yeah. just got dipped. Of
1: course, yeah.
0: Yeah, Ooh. that's that was not there was. Cool. was and you can also argue that there was like Internalized hatred with the judge Because he turned out to be a tomb. Right, yeah he was The a whole movie, tomb. you just saw him as a human Until the end And it deals with a lot of internalized stuff
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole plot is They're gonna buy He's gonna buy out Toontown And destroy it
3: Right.
1: To uh, make way for the freeway <laughs> Quick, uh, little <laughs> guest, guess Dad, you can't answer this Guess what the original name for the, uh The Poison for tunes was Whatever they ended up calling it Eraser Oh I can't
0: answer
2: because she told me The final. I'll give it to you
1: The Final Solution was the original name Spielberg nixed that one
4: Yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah Spielberg's good with that stuff Will we ever get a movie like this again From the use of multiple studios Coming together To a kids movie that isn't afraid To get a little bit punchy A little bit raunchy Mm
2: like, studios working together, you have that with that really bad movie. What was that movie called? Um, Space Jam? No, the one you made me watch, about the video games.
1: What? The bad v- they movie? They go to
2: the Shining at one point. Oh, Ready, oh, Ready oh, Player, yeah. Player One. Oh, read, Ready Player One does that. I feel like... Uh, Without being
1: nearly as clever. <laughs>
2: no, not at all. And, uh...
1: I'd say... Uh, what is that one? Called? Marvel's Infinity War and Endgame were pretty close. I mean... What? It's all Marvel. Yeah. But it is Sony and Marvel because the use of Spider Man. But it also is like, you know, what was it, like 80 something characters? And to try and make a movie that was halfway decent with Mm that? I do feel like we lost kids' movies that are inappropriate in the 80s, though. You know, Home Alone, Uh, a little bit raunchy. Yeah. A little bit, uh, the original Jumanji had some.
2: The new Jumanji was not super raunchy, but it was kind of raunchy. I feel like...
0: I mean, you see so many deaths, and they're not that gruesome until you think about it in the new Jumanji.
4: Well, the adults took over the animation on television. That is true. So you don't have to go to the movies to see adult animation, just watch it on TV. I mean, Simpsons might have started that. uh,
1: What, Ren and Stimpy? Was that Ren and Stimpy? Oh, yeah, Stimpy. Because Pink... I always get the... Pinky Pinky and and the the Brain. brain. Confused. But Ren and Stimpy was certainly more adult. Uh,
4: Duncanville is pretty adult. <laughs> well, nowadays <laughs> it's like then. everywhere. Yeah. It Not for kids at all. I loved Ren and Stimpy. In fact, Stimpy. you're hard-pressed to find kids' animation
1: on uh, TV. Well, no, not with like Cartoon Network. Oh, Maybe like yeah, late-time cartoon kids' cartoon animation. Cartoon
0: Network, you can find some stuff. But it's just
2: not good. Like, it feels very watered down Like to what like we watched as kids. Like, I feel like even when we, we were younger, like we had kind of raunchy jokes in kids'
1: media. Like, you've Shrek, and there's raunchy jokes in that, and stuff like that. But, like, cartoons today, I don't really see that in in stuff. I I just... mm Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to... Pixar... But even new Pixar movies, I feel like, are kind of losing that appeal. You know, Up had that, I think.
3: The... the, Had what? Like,
1: jokes that adults could appreciate. Slash jokes where if you thought about it... You know, there's... It's a little yeah, bit raunchy. There's,
0: there's adult jokes, but a lot of the jokes turn from raunchy to something as like silly as a butt joke or a fart joke or a poop joke, which is enjoyable for kids and still fills in that area where pe- some people may be like, "Oh, oh," but it's not as aggressively raunchy.
4: Oh, they need to it's all be message movies subtle now. Movie. Yeah. So the message is like, oh, we need some jokes too. Throwing some farts, have yeah. somebody fall on their head once in a while.
1: I think Despicable Me is like the biggest.
0: That was pretty good.
1: Yeah, but then the Minions came out of well, it. Yeah, there's nothing I, of substance in any of those at, movies. I don't know. I
0: like the Minions when I first saw it. But if you don't look at it, <coughs> just look at the first
1: one. I mean, there must have been stinkers coming out in '88, right? That were totally. Absolutely. When did Space Jam come out? Like anything,
4: so
1: anything yeah, on the I level of the Emojis movie that were like that <laughs> bad in eighty eight or the eighties?
4: Probably. You had all the terrible cartoons of the eighties, Yeah. like all the uh, Captain and Captain Energy here. Captain Environment,
1: Captain Planet. Yeah, oh, Captain,
4: Captain Planet, right? But all the politically correct cartoons, it
1: just whoosh. You, like, for a while, do you think we're going to return? I mean, we live in a pretty Weird political climate right now where I feel like our media keeps getting more and more sanitized, but the actual world events are growing more and more uh, volatile. So, do media you think we talking about like kid shows and stuff? Oh, and I mean, there is a degree of censorship. Like, today I read that Facebook has been secretly removing. Comments critical of China Because China's a big investor
2: YouTube
1: did that as well So we, li- we are living in like a slight censorship So do you think we can ever actually You've reach...
3: always been living in censorship It's just with the internet you know more now And you know it faster
1: That is a good point But do you think we'll ever get back to Having kind of movies and TV shows That You know that may appeal to everyone
2: Well you know? I think we already do Kids shows. I mean,
0: um, for an example, Avatar The Last Airbender recently got back on Netflix and I just binge watched all three seasons. It was an experience. And that wasn't as like raunchy as I remembered it was. It was very kid friendly. Do you be- mean when
3: you're supposed to be studying?
0: No, not when I'm supposed to be studying. I have my schedule laid I'm out. Can't, but um, it's the closest thing to raunchy is soccer for like the first half a season is a little bit sexist and he gets called out on it and then one of the women warriors becomes his girlfriend he's like, oh god, I can't be sexist anymore because she's really cool. Yeah. It's not that it's bad, it's just not as like, gron- I hate saying the word raunchy, is there a synonym? <coughs> uh, Tasteful? Uh,
1: Distasteful? Yeah. I, I feel kind of like a boomer talking, I feel very much... <clears throat> oh, the old days. Well, there's
4: so much content and so many yeah. places to get content. It's hard to even have a need for one th- one yeah. ring that powers them all because you just split up. <laughs> you know, watch your watch your phone, watch your TV, and you pretty much pick out what you want. So it's hard for one thing to come and say, I need to be all things to all people. Because generally, everybody will say, yeah, you are all things to all people. And you stink. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're not as good as this thing that's everything to me. Yeah. That's true. And plus the whole dilution of talent. You know, it's not like the best of the best calling their way up to the top in a pyramid. Now everybody's putting out content. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's working on everybody else's content. So there's no best of the best of the best. Like there actually. used to be when I, you know, when I was a teenager, let me tell you. <laughs> of course, the video
1: games are better. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Like, video games were getting pretty good writing and pretty good plots.
2: But I'd argue, too, there are definitely shows today that really push the Boundary. boundaries and, as well, are entertaining for both children and adults. And that, the thing that I think of uh, immediately is Steven Universe. Yeah. You yeah. have the first LGBTQ kiss shown mm. on television in a kid's show. That's huge. And you yeah, have that's openly amazing.
1: Weird characters throughout the entire show, and it's a pretty funny show. It's very yeah, funny.
2: That's
1: a good point. I guess the the conclusion is support Cartoon Network. <laughs> Cartoon Network's been putting out good shit. Well, that's all I have for themes. Did anyone else have any like big discussion points they were thinking of mulling over before we just jump into general thoughts? General thoughts. Our thoughts. But generalized. Bring it back, you know, that's a little hint. Rod Squad might be coming back. We might have a reduced roster. Rod Squad might be coming back. So what do we think of the movie? I, this, was, this was my first time seeing it. Was this, obviously it wasn't no, your right. first time. Was it anyone else's first time watching it? Max? I thought it was brilliant. I really came into this not very excited. But I thought it was great. Let's start with the plot. Did we like the story? story is love this story. a key part of what did you like about the story, Steve?
4: I love the way the story built and built tension, and you kind of little pieces started coming together. And it definitely, well, Spielberg's involved, so <laughs> even though he wasn't the director, but producer,
1: producer, he had, yeah, they got creative control. Yeah, so.
4: creative, but it just built, and also all all the different people, like it had Goofy in there, somebody complimenting Goofy and pointing out. What's good about him? It wasn't just somebody from my network or my studio.
0: Yeah. The newspaper said that Goofy was released of charges. <laughs> I remember that part. I remember go. the newspaper saying Goofy was on like murder charges. But it definitely
4: all built up and then you had the trip into Toontown. Yeah. It just, <sighs> a whole opening for that
1: part. It must have felt very much like Wizard of Oz, right? When they go into color from black and white, kind of oh, the yeah, emergence into Toontown. Well, not historically, obviously.
2: No, I'm just saying I think that. Was a more all inspiring kind of visual effect than going into Toontown. Yeah, I like the plot. I think it was interesting. I think it was really clever to have uh, the main bad guy actually be a toon. I wish they would have tied him, I wish they would have kind of had more hints or something to imply it. Because, like, I understand that he killed what's his face, his brother, but. That was like a very last introduced element to the story. It felt to me. I wish they would have introduced that maybe sooner or talked about it more. Mm-hmm.
1: His character is brand new to the film. He's not in the book at all. Of course,
3: yeah. I liked the, the sort of the depth of the story and the different ways that it went through. It's not my favorite movie in the world, but I'm pretty much a philistine compared to all of you guys.
0: <laughs> I liked the plot. Didn't like the movie. Like the plot.
1: What about the acting? We had Bob Hoskins Christopher Christopher Lloyd Lloyd, and Joanna Cassidy uh, Charles Flesher Fleischer? Fleischer Charles Fleischer played Roger Oh, okay
4: Yeah, the voice
1: voice. The voice I really like Bob Hoskins here I'm not always a big Bob Hoskins fan Did he play Valiant? Yeah Yeah Um, He's great in the Mario Bros. movie too
0: (laughs) Wait, yeah, he was in that I didn't
1: know he was dead
0: He was Mario, right? Oh, what?
1: Yeah, Bob Hoskins' dead. Oh. Yeah, he was Mario in the Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah,
4: well, if you want to really go back with him, there's a movie called The Long Good Sun, Long Good Friday that's fabulous. It's a British crime drama. He, he's young Helen Mirren. He's
2: British? Yeah, yeah, British. yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. British, yeah. yeah I think he was plays him.
4: a mob boss uh, that somebody's trying to get to. So he spends the whole movie figuring out who it finally is. But that's a great Bob Hoskins movie.
1: I liked Christopher Lloyd. You know, it was really refreshing because I've seen him primarily in Back to the Future. That's my Christopher Lloyd uh, excursion. But Is that
3: a Disney movie? No. no. Oh, okay.
1: But uh, I really liked him as the bad guy. I was really surprised at how well he pulled it off. Same director though, Roger Zemeckis. Roger Zemeckis. Yeah.
4: yeah. But another thing about this movie was just the opening cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was really new at the time too. Now for you guys, it's like old hat because every cartoon will do that. But it was both a modern look and also a take a take back to the old Warner Brothers cartoons, Yeah. filled with violence and weirdo uh, yeah. <laughs> action.
1: Was it nostalgic for you watching the movie? Did you watch? No, no, I felt modern. Yeah. So what did we not like about the movie? We've been talking positively.
0: I didn't pos- like the pacing.
1: What was wrong with the pacing?
0: It's I agree with that. it's. Jessica Rabbit's song was, like, seven minutes long or something. That's probably an overestimate, but it was really long. And I was like, okay, you've been singing for a while. Is this integral to the movie at all? Is there going to be a plot point to this? There was not. It was just to show how sexy she is. And then there's some parts where the pacing felt too slow, and then it sped up too quick, and then it felt slow again, and I was like, ooh, how am I following this?
1: Did you also not enjoy the pacing?
2: It's not that I didn't enjoy the pacing, it was just, like, I agree with Max that it was a little wonky at some points. Like, the beginning of that film does feel kind of really, really slow, and then from the point of him going to Toontown until the end, it's very kind of, like, high from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there. That's true. I agree with that. But, like, I understand why they have to do that, because, like, you, you have to introduce Roger Rabbit, and you have to introduce his wife, and you have to have all of those, those the moments. The
1: culprits.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Did you read all the controversies?
1: Yes. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that. So Jessica Rabbit is obviously a interesting character. A lot of people view her as a sex symbol. The movie sold wonders on Laserdisc because of a rumor that you could see her naked for a oh. few frames.
3: Yeah, and it's sold out. Yeah, the it's entire sold out. inventory sold out.
1: Um, actually, I looked at it. I I don't really see it, but no,
3: that you can. It says. Yeah.
4: What's the point?
1: Yeah, oh. it's literally. I
4: work. mean, they well,
3: that's true. When you can just download or whatever you do. Well, you <laughs> can
4: You could do that then. But and I mean, you know, I I found know, the
1: pictures easy. online. Somebody found the stills. It just there's no like female anatomy. They animated. They just forgot to animate the uh, animate the clothes on her for two frames.
4: Oh, oh so it's like a kendo. It's a yeah. It's kind of just something. like
1: smooth fur. There's nothing. There's nothing sexy about that. But, I mean, did Jessica Rabbit, interesting character.
0: I know why they set her up as a sex symbol. It surprisingly doesn't bother me that much. Like, I I get it. I hate when cartoons do that with a woman's body where it's just like an hourglass, but the part is too thin to be an hourglass. But she wasn't the worst she did was play patty cake which i guess is a cartoon version of something but it was framed and stuff and then for the rest of the movie she was loyal to roger well
3: she wasn't playing patty cake willingly though. no being black man too I,
0: I think she was a very reasonable character
1: what about Roger? This is this is oh, the character I'm curious on Because he is mm. incredibly annoying But also yes. incredibly charming No,
0: that's part of the reason I didn't like the movie I did not like Roger
1: He's likable, mm. you know, he's annoying Sometimes you want to strangle him <laughs> yeah. Which he would easily recover from Oh, that's because he's
4: got the impulses of a child He's yeah. got no self-control
3: That's the problem I had I had yeah. It too. Was he so childlike that, I, I mean, I can't imagine being in a relationship
0: with I him. I got it. He's a cartoon, but for most of the movie, he was actively trying to die, or actively trying to <laughs> screw Valiant over. He could get out of the cuffs at any time.
4: But that's the thing. Only if it was funny.
0: Only if it was funny. You could have made a scenario where it was funny, and then it just bothered me that that's the point of the cartoons, mm. is that they would... Try to kill themselves and screw other people over unless it was funny.
4: Yeah, I, I don't. I think that's the way they were made, though. They couldn't say, "Hey, you know what's going to be funny?" This it had to come up. Yeah, and then no, be no, funny. I would find it the funny door. if you went, you know, it would be funny
0: if I just slipped out of this cup right now.
1: <laughs> that's not funny. I know it's not. Still, not <laughs> <laughs> a million annoying. years.
0: I. It's just so annoying. Also, every time you said "please," I hated that. Oh yeah, that was big for him. I I, I knew that that was
4: like a standard. Heard that after going car- on Howard Stern show and do that.
0: It was oh, a standard it. cartoon thing. I get it, but I hated it.
3: No, oh. he was too childlike. It it was gross on lots of levels. It was like bestiality. Yeah, it was like having sex with a kid. It was.
1: Well, they never actually had sex.
3: They're in a relationship. They're adults. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention the booby adults. trap
1: thing either, where
0: he literally sticks his. The hyena sticks his hand in Jessica Rabbit's
1: cleavage. Yeah, I mean,
0: it cheap was laugh. the
1: '80s, cheap laugh '80s, <laughs> booby trap. Yep, I got yes. the joke what? of the booby yes. trap. Yes, about a what?
3: woman's body and touching without consent. asking, yeah. yeah, no consent. Very funny. I think this is why well, I said
0: was,
4: that wasn't funny. It was funny when the there was a the, booby the trap. trap came. Yeah, but that no, was,
3: it would have been more funny if she had just taken it
4: that it wouldn't be a booby trap. <laughs> if she pulled the gun out of her <laughs> No, it actually right? would have been.
3: <laughs> Possibly. Well. I, 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 I gotta tell you, after 50-something years, I am tired of women's bodies being the... Let's go, Mom. The joke. And when,
4: ironically, you don't like the Three Stooges.
3: At, Hate the
4: well, that the, the men's bodies are the joke That's constantly. why she doesn't but like it. But, but, not, but
3: it's not that. it's the, They're hurting themselves yeah, or bumping their heads. It's not touching someone's body without consent.
4: Right, that's what I'm saying. That's why she liked the Three Stooges. Oh, I
3: see.
0: They
4: always oh, treat women makes... with respect and fear, usually. <laughs> usually they're very
0: like. The sound effects are funny. The
2: there
1: you go. But so I guess that you. ties back into what we were talking about initially. Like maybe maybe that is the reason why we can't have kind of raunchy comedy anymore, just because we're a different society.
3: I like raunchy comedy. I don't like non-consent. Yes,
0: that's it. I think there's different levels of raunchy because there's that new Harley Quinn show, and they had a lot of anti-Semitism in them with the penguin, which wasn't good raunchy. I don't think, but there's some. I'm trying to think of. Well, it depends on
1: the writers of the show.
0: They're not Jewish.
1: Well, then never mind.
0: It was a direct hit. Um, I can't think of a good example of raunchy, but that's. But that's my not comedy. That. No, it's not. Right?
1: Yeah, there was
4: no just comedic. laughing
0: at the expense of someone else, which is basically what they do to Jessica Rabbit.
4: Oh well, that's that's all comedy is. Anything that makes you laugh is usually something bad happening to somebody, somebody else. else. That's because
1: <laughs> laughing is one of the closest emotions to crying.
4: Possibly, and the only comedy that isn't like that, or like puns, something you know, when you're just being clever. And you don't laugh at a pun. You usually groan. Oh, I love puns. But, well, maybe so. But usually comedy is to go back to the Three Stooges. You know, somebody getting hit in the head. Yeah. So different generations have a different idea about where the, where you draw the line.
1: I mean, but my... Well, that's true.
4: Yeah, Unfortunately for me, farts will always be funny.
1: Yeah. yeah, farts are always funny. Oh, good God. There you go. So, our generation, where are we drawing the line? And what's funny and what isn't?
2: I feel like that conversation is happening, like right now. I feel like very much shows are happening and people are talking about them. Like the point with Max, like Max made about the new Harley Quinn show, is like there's still definitely issues and things that people. It's vastly inappropriate, at least the, like how I feel or how a majority of people feel, or that relate to me. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but then you you have so you have shows pushing the border but then you also have shows that don't do that And right. I feel like with cancel culture and all of that is kind of what defines what is okay and what is not okay to make funny I, do you think
1: it has a perfect mark of
2: it'll know, never have a perfect mark you can't make everybody happy mm-hmm. you can't it's not at all. also
0: at the Harley Quinn thing it's a show about a female protagonist and I think in that one she's dating Poison Ivy don't quote me on this and that was huge for the LGBT community and huge for feminism (laughs) and everyone was so excited and I was really excited until I saw the episode with the penguin and I was devastated at that but I also understand why people are like but this is something for us and I'm like but it's not for everyone like Midnight Gospel but you
3: can't you can't have something for us no. when another whole entire I know, people is being thing. demolished.
0: I know that's the thing. It's but that's what we're talking about. There's different like Midnight Gospel. I find hilarious, and that show isn't for kids, right? No, I don't think that's for kids. What it's, is it? It's the one Ben showed so, us. Um, this
1: guy runs a podcast where he talks about like meditation and spirituality, and he partnered up with this the guy who created Adventure Time. To do a season where they do his podcast and write a plot around it and animate it in some weird scenario. I didn't
4: like it. it was that jailbreak when we saw where the guy was wasn't repeating over and over again? He was in jail. Was not the best episode to start with. And they I don't tried know. know. Really like so that. It was a good
2: episode start but not to start with. Oh. But
0: my point is oh. that show was said, really good for me. me. And okay. going back to Steven Universe, that show had a lot for non-binary and trans people with Stefani mm-hmm. and all the gems being gender-neutral technically. According to Rebecca Sugar, that show had a lot for me, but I also know other people hated that show for that. And it's all about where are we personally. I'm not defending trans folks. Do not no.
1: Well, no, I was about to say too. Like a lot of my left leaning friends really like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They've done like three or four blackface episodes. They, have. they are so offensive. I know it's crazy. Interesting
3: are. to me. What lefties will not find offensive, and what they will find offensive, and the, the context, yeah, yeah, and it's weird. Well, but and I don't. I context. mean, I don't hate that show. It's just no. not for me.
1: No, it's always sunny. Like the people but there, it's are, really offensive. Yeah, are all like left leaning, and all are very outspoken, outspoken kind of activists. And one of the guys yeah. an anti vaxxer but whatever. Wait, but like. Is it Charlie? I really No, want no, no. I it's, not. um. It's,
2: it's uh. The really? He's the psychopath? What is, oh, his, what name? is his name? I haven't watched it his It's Dennis. Okay, cool. It's Okay,
4: Well, in that show, all the characters are really unlikable. No, and yes. Yeah. So, like Seinfeld, it's like Seinfeld if they turn Seinfeld
1: up to 3,000. Oh, but that, but that's why they
4: can Seinfeld. do that, because they're unlikable, so.
1: Right.
0: It's the rooting against
3: Yeah, I suppose that's true. You're right. That's why they can do it, because they're Now, what should we root for them?
4: South Park? Except for Cartman You root for all the kids And they do anything they want yeah. yeah So that's
1: But it's under the guise of parody Which I'm okay with But that doesn't You know That doesn't cover it for a lot of people A lot of people still feel Yeah like well, that's Until it's fun. you Right <laughs> like, This is funny Until it's me Yeah Right
3: Then it's not so funny not Except for you You laugh no matter what Yeah I'm
4: sure Laugh through the pain Or something
3: Dad never takes anything personally I
1: don't know I, I have issues with cancel culture I have I have but I don't have issues with the way media is going, because I think it's very natural, and I think that there's something for everyone.
3: I have issues with cancel culture too, but that started when What's Her Face started trying to ban albums, which made me livid because I didn't like the music that she didn't like either. But she was trying to she was trying to ban all heavy metal, and like album covers, and uh-huh. that's when they started doing ratings. Cancel
4: culture. It's cancel
3: culture oh, is
1: that a general term? For yeah, so like, that's sometimes if people make some statements online or really anything, or in the past it's really doing, just yes, going through yes, your past yes. and people finding people like, who
3: were stupid when they were twenty and then got their together when they were forty, but what they said was on their in oh their well yeah sure they put on Facebook. And if then follows them forever.
2: And people right. dox them and will release like oh, personal yeah. information, contact yeah. their employees, it's just people yeah, get them fired. I yeah. get
1: the gist that people don't understand growth very well. There are people who've done very stupid things twenty I, years ago who have changed. I
0: have an example. Who is also a raunchy podcast but not in a hateful way. Uh, the McElroy brothers. If you listen to their early Mabim Bam episodes, they say some homophobic stuff. And I tried to listen through everything. I stopped after three. They said awful things, and if you listen to their newer episodes, they go, we recognize what we did, we were stupid, we don't have an excuse. That's it. And they notice that, and they've changed, and they've adapted. Grow. Yeah. grow.
1: I mean, I've it's definitely made point. jokes I'm not proud of. We
0: all, like, everyone has made a joke hindsight. that they're not proud of.
2: Yes. Well, and
3: I think, I think to pretend that we don't have biases... Is ridiculous, and we hopefully outgrow our biases because we're aware of them and we work on them, right? But what we have biases about 20 years ago, we may not have now.
4: Oh, history grades on the curve. What well, was offensive yeah. 20 years ago is, or not offensive then. Just going along, just doing the regular stuff. And yeah. then just because it was funny, you didn't mean it, but it was just funny, and everybody did it.
1: But on the other hand, there are some things that. Even if you did it 30 years ago, you still and you still shouldn't have done it, then you can't be surprised when it bites you in the ass. You know? It's, it's
0: going to bite you, but I also think there's room to grow. One thing I will say, though, is one of the tunes had one joke I liked where they had to the be a tune, which is what do you call a middle of the song when he was trying to alert them of the bridge? And that mm. just made me happy. I don't know why. It just did.
4: Was that the when they were playing the piano? No, no, the they were in the car, and the car
0: has to... Oh, the car chase. Car yeah. chase, and yeah. he's like, what's in the middle of the song? And they're all trying to figure it out, and then they see a
1: bridge in front of them. Clever talent. Clever jokes. I thought that was funny.
4: Yeah. So that That oh. was a stereotypical character. In the car? The car driver.
1: Yeah, definitely. The, the cranky cabbie. Yeah. I mean, Valiant was a stereotypical detective, you know?
0: Yeah. The, he was an alcoholic detective. So that was another thing. They had a canonical alcoholic in a kids movie. But yeah. was he
3: an alcoholic because of the loss of his brother though? Yeah, yes. Yes. That yes. not because, right. Was no, a different
0: PTSD thing. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It was trauma.
0: Still an alcoholic. And yeah, but it, you don't it was see, trauma. I know I'm just saying you don't see that anymore. You don't see people drinking alcohol in most kids movies.
3: Oh, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I feel like oh. kids'
1: movies are very sheltered from adult themes. I a kids' movie, though. A family, a family yeah, movie. But I don't, but I don't
3: feel like this was a little kids' movie in any kind. No, it was Disney, not. They not.
0: They had a steamroller run over the bad guy. It
3: wasn't. It was that the little my child, that got it yeah. that killed me. My Bay.
0: childhood nightmare was getting run over by one of those roller things. No, and then once he yeah.
4: came back up, then it was... T-
1: Horrible.
4: Yeah, yeah the well, red
0: eyes. No, that that didn't bother me. It was at least just getting your legs crushed.
1: At least on the internet, people talk about this movie as being very formative. Like the people who are in their twenties, late twenties, mid thirties, even you know our age, just watching it on home release, talk a lot about how this movie was very formative to their upbringing and to their sexual maturity. With Jessica Rabbit, a lot of people. I'm I'm saying that
3: sexual maturity. Well, a lot of she people was
1: drawn very many nice. many. Nice.
0: Drawn like it. Well,
1: no, no. She. A lot of people's first, uh, first crushes came in that in that film. To put it politely.
2: Well, I was going to say this was something that I used to watch at summer camp all the time. I watched it at least every summer, and that was K through sixth grade. So I think
1: it's become like a standard. You know. Well, it's clever how they worked all the uh, cartoon (laughs) tropes into it too.
4: Yeah. With live action, like he has that whole. Box full of holes, and he actually pulls one out and uses it, slaps it on someplace, and there's a hole. And the uh, the hammer Mm -hmm. and the money to Simulian's.
1: It was a movie for everyone. I think it really was a movie for everyone. But how did we like it?
3: Hmm. Ratings time. Oh, cool.
1: I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I really liked it. Yep. This is a movie that was I. Was really present, pleasantly surprised with the humor Really dug the acting um, And it was just kind of a nice little gem, you know And I guess, I'm going to be a little biased Bonus point, because it directly led to the Disney renaissance So mm-hmm. without this movie, we wouldn't have got Hercules, Mulan uh, Pocahontas <coughs> Little Thank Mermaid Tarzan <laughs> Lion King I think I just listed them all I
2: don't think so
4: Steve, what'd you think? I would give it a 9.7 out of 10. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's just well done, well made, entertaining. No real bad points. Never really got slow. Don't worry, Mom. I'll bring the average down. Yeah, where
1: did you uh, <laughs> where you where would you dock those 0.3 points off from?
4: Well, just to leave room for something that's a real ten. <laughs> <Yeah>. fair <laughs> like enough.
3: what? Up. Up, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Up,
1: up, up is the highest average score I've ever had on any show. Yeah. It, wow. yeah. it's
3: just beautiful on so many levels. Can we do Nemo next?
1: No, no. I have season two Wait. all planned. Oh. Um, what you? What are you rating? Six. Why six?
3: Uh probably not for a good reason. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just I think there's too much of my own political and familial involved in it. Well, that's
1: totally fine. It's hard,
3: it's hard to be objective. I'm not being objective.
1: But you're not. This isn't a podcast to be objective. Yeah, this is a personal opinion. Well,
3: so then that's what it is. Yeah, yep. perfect. Yeah. Ash? Um, oh, I said BS. That's fine. It's I got to bleep it out. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh. Sorry about that.
2: I think I'll give it uh, a 7 out of 10, kind of just for the reasons we mentioned before and stuff like that, but I do think it's a good movie, and it was definitely impactful for me personally. And then Max... I'm giving it a two, and I know wow.
1: it's really bad, but... Whoa! That's so low! I know it's really
0: low, but... Why? Also, part of the reason is I'm very easily entertained. It is very difficult for me to not be entertained. What <laughs> are
4: you
3: talking about? <laughs> are you high? What?
4: You're very... You're not easily you entertained. You are not easily I'm talking entertained. talking about in general. But you're easily unentertained. Yeah. Does it doesn't take much for something to put you off.
0: Well, no. I usually like the stuff we watch. It was just that one movie you showed me, which is Rat Race. And Four Weddings and a Funeral had a lot of embarrassment comedy, which isn't my favorite thing. I hate when people are embarrassed. Right, Sorry. and
4: Airplane was slow and... Uh, the airplane no,
0: was horrible. Yeah, Airplane I is don't remember no. Airplane, but I remember watching the whole thing with you and not... We complained together and made yes. fun of it. Was the whole point. We laughed at it. I am easily entertained. I felt like I could zone out during this movie. I was not entertained by it. It was not fun for me. I wish I had a headache during it so I could go upstairs. Yeah.
4: Uh, That's context too You really need to have a background in those old cartoons Yeah
0: I had the same amount of background as Ben We grew up on the same thing It's just I never liked that kind of humor Where it's all physical comedy With hitting and embarrassment So yeah, two It was originally going to be a one But then I bumped it up a little bit Well, thank thank you I felt bad For viewers like you,
1: thank you well, that wraps up another. Well, Disney- what was your read? You oh, eight. Rate? Yeah, eight. Oh. I gave it at the start. That wraps up another episode of Disney Rewind. Next episode, we will be diving into the cult classic Black Cauldron, ah. which, we <laughs> <laughs> have, which we have. Which we Sure, don't want to just the, do
3: that
1: right the, now.
3: The oh teams wait, we have will to be watch it first. Out.
1: We already we, saw it. We watched it. No, she's she's. Well, joking. But in um, yeah. we have. Yeah, in kayfabe, we haven't watched it yet.
0: We just watched Roger Rabbit What are you talking about
1: And that will end the first season of Disney Rewind Yeah Yeah. So season 2 coming up after next episode After our season finale Next time (laughs) Some predetermined time Yeah Black Cauldron So as always uh, Thank you for listening And we will see you next time